0: sebastian roger de nunez is the co-founder of the thought leadership academy a three-stage academy for rising thought leaders and ambitious coaches he runs two online courses three group coaching programs and one signature event he is a visionary who loves seeing the big picture and helping people with their mindset in their coaching business he teaches people how to be successful entrepreneurs finding meanings and fulfillment in their daily tasks giving them permission to stop and change direction when they are no longer feeling home in what they are creating. Listen to our special guest in this episode teaches you how to become the next entrepreneur.
1: Good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're calling from, ladies and gentlemen. We have another guest with us, and I'm so excited because every time we have our new guests on, there's always something new. And it's going to be new stories, new life-changing, new chapter. And we have a wonderful guest with us all the way from Portugal. And I'm so glad to have him on our show. So um, I want you to all get ready to hear our special guest, because I do believe you're going to need your pen and your paper to write down this informative information from our gentleman called Sebastian. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to say welcome to the show, and let's bring in our guest. So, welcome to the show, Sebastian.
2: Thank you so much for having me today. And yes, it's the we are going to have a blast today. And I want to say, don't only take your pen and your paper, because it's not only to ha- be about information. We want to have transformation. So that's what we're going to aim for. If there's an insight that can help you upgrade your identity, so that you can yes you can and that will be an amazing show that what we're aiming for let's absolutely. do this
1: absolutely i'm ready to go and uh, i love it when somebody's got something to surprise people and i believe you got a surprise and that surprise is there are possibilities oh, yes. there is a way there's a possibility so sebastian if you don't mind tell us a little bit about yourself for the sake of our listeners who you are and, and what how you end up to be where you are today. Yes, um
2: actually I want to start with uh fun facts, trivia. Um I speak twelve languages. I have two nationalities, French and Argentina. I have lived in I don't know how many continents and countries. And um I have done four TEDx talks, one has almost three hundred thousand views, and uh, and I have yeah, I wanted to say another thing. Yes, I have made a movie that has got awarded. So that's like the trivia. That is completely irrelevant to what we're talking, going to talk about. But okay. I think it's actually extremely relevant because it gives a background of what took me here. But what I do is I empower leaders to be number one. And by number one is not to be a competitive uh, against other and to crush the competition. I don't believe in that. I think there's only one competition worth uh, participating in is your former you. So you want to always beat the former you with love and respect with, because it got you where you are, but really always saying, if I can do better, I must do better. Mm-hmm. There's this calling to always have a bigger impact, have bigger income if possible because you're in the better position to serve and create the amazing things that come to your mind and have more fun and have the best life possible for yourself. So the idea is really to empower leaders, thought leaders to share the message out there and uh, yeah, have the biggest
1: impact possible. Absolutely. And I'm sure we can find a better client than you to talk about that in this so-called pandemic that's going on and I'm sure people will be looking for a solution to break through to look at the end of the tunnel that is always a bright light so uh Sebastian before we go into the the nitty-gritty side of it which I'm very excited to is you're growing up what was your confidence like was it something that you had to work on for you to be doing what you're doing today or were you inspired by other guest speakers
2: oh i love that question i i think
1: that's the first time
2: someone asked it like that the very beginning of the show i love it <laughs> and i want to add like start vulnerable and start with um yeah when i was growing up i was always feeling left out of many circles so i belonged to a lot of circle of friends but i was always the outsider and I always felt like I don't belong to any group. That's why I was in many groups, which actually I think made me very rich, uh, because I, you know, some some kids go and they belong to the music group or the cool kids or the gigs or whatever. I had to be part of all of those groups so to feel some kind of belonging, because I was never feeling fully belonging to any of those groups. So this made me learn so many things. And another thing is, as I was growing up, um, there's a thing that I felt many times and I even been told a few times, but these few times hurt me a lot, is you speak too much. So I would be there, and probably because I didn't feel like I belonged and I didn't have enough time as part of the group. When I was given the opportunity to speak, I was trying to take it all and impress people and really uh, basically steal the microphone and go on a solo without paying attention to what was happening. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And it hurt me a lot and you know, then from that I would stop speaking, therefore I would be excluded, therefore I would balance that by speaking even more the next time. But I realized very late um, that actually, that was my superpower. Mm -hmm. And my superpower was speaking. I had this capacity to speak. I had these natural talents. Just, I I was overusing it. Mm -hmm. And ironically enough, because in your question, you were saying about overcoming, I had to overcome my fear of like speaking too much which led me to speaking too little, which then balanced to speaking too much, you know, these uh, these dance, until I found that, oh, is there a better way to do this? A way where I can actually speak the right amount and use this natural talent, you know, to captivate attention and express thoughts or desire. First it's a desire, then it becomes a talent. And ironically enough, now I'm often paid to speak. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) Uh, so, I, uh, yeah, I think there's a, what, what I learned, and that's something I started teaching, is that we'd always think of qualities or default as like binary, it's like on or off. Mm-hmm. And I realized there's no such thing. In any quality or defects, it's not like it's your, uh, you speak too much and the opposite is not speaking. Or like you are procrastinators and the opposite of not procrastinating is just doing, it's just, there's actually a spectrum. Mm -hmm. And the only way to own your superpower, in that case of my story is like speaking, is to practice doing the exact opposite. And the opposite of speaking is not not speaking, it is listening. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. So I had to learn to listen and once I start listening, I could still be more a speaker than a listener, but it would be more balanced because I am listening as I am speaking. Mm. I'm aware when I'm like going over time, you know, and like people, are lo- I'm losing people because I am paying
1: attention to them. Right, right. Now, it's interesting, you mentioned something that is the key to a lot of people. You said fear. Um, it's one of the things I was challenging with my life growing up. It was always fear, fear. What age did you realize? And how did you overcome fear to develop to be where you are today? Oh,
2: I don't think I've ever overcome it. I just learned <laughs> to, to dance with it. Um, I, are you familiar with a hero's journey? Even if you are, just like for the listener, if they're not, I will explain it. But there's like... A, Joseph Campbell, who wrote, like studied all the mythology in the world and a lot, you know, he really went deep into studying that and he identified the pattern of all the stories. There's an arc of the story. You know, from the status quo, then the call for adventure, the first quest, the helpers, the abyss, the survival, then the refusal of returning home, and finally the return home. I'm skipping some steps just to make it simple. Yes. And a couple of years ago, I started being very fascinated about that. And one of the things that fascinated me the most was the abyss. Mm-hmm. Because in this, because it's drawn as a circle, this cycle, and the abyss is at the exact opposite of the status quo, so it's the very bottom of the circle. And what's fascinating of the with this is that's when the circle starts going coming back up. And, that, and the ab- abyss is really the worst possible moment in the journey. Is it, it's the moment when the hero is about to die. And more importantly, actually mo- a lot of stories, and it's the moment where the hero is ready to die.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's a moment where, like, the hero is like, you know what? I might as well die. So I can- Let- let's do this. Mm -hmm. So in many movies and stories and mythology, that's the moment of like rebirth. Actually, there's a part of the hero that dies, the ego. And the reason I'm using these to answer your question about fear is I'm actually not running away from fear. I'm looking for fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because I know I hate going in the habits and I love it. Because when I'm in the abyss, I know that on the other side of the abyss, there's the epiphany, and that's my new identity. Mm. I often use this one because I think it's very uh, climactical in uh, in Matrix. The Mm. first one, the moment where you see Neo, who finally says, okay, Well, apparently I'm the one. I let go of all my fears. Not all my fears, but all my story of resistance, of resisting my destiny. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you can fight with one arm without thinking. You're just like, yep, you can't can't touch me anymore. Mm -hmm. So there's this moment of you let go of your past identity, of your ego, your attachment to something, and then you're... Stepping up into these new realities. So, my th- thing is, fear is like, you're gonna want it. If you're not afraid, and, and there's two kinds of fear there's like a the short term fear doing something scary, and the long term fear, which is more like the anxiety. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about that one. You want to have the short-term fear, the fear of going on stage, the fear of picking up the phone and making a scary phone call, the fear of like hitting on that girl. There's the, this fear of something that is very present, more like the lion, mm-hmm. than uh, the, the taxes coming 20 years from now. You know? mm-hmm. So you want to have that kind of fear because that's where growth is. There's these... When you're af- afraid of dying in some way, because it's always this fear of, oh, it's dangerous. It might not be a physical death, but like a death from your career, death from your status within a group, your fear.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You want to leave there. That's what I take, my clients, I take them to leave there. And usually that's what they're missing because they went for too much security, too much comfort. Mm-hmm. And they, then they start not being alive anymore. You're, that you're surviving and you're not living. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want to be with that fear. You want to have it. I, I find it's um, just to finish answering this question. I, I feel like pressure is the one most important thing you want, but it's just that you want to have the right amount of pressure. There's a pressure um, that pushes you down because it's like too much and then you collapse, you shrink, you know, you go into fetal position. But there's also this pressure that if, if you play it well, makes you rise. Because
0: mm-hmm. you're
2: mm-hmm. like, okay, now I'm in this position, I got to do something. I got to go up. Mm-hmm. If I stay where I am, I'm going to collapse. So I got to go up. So you want to have this kind of pressure. That's
1: right. Now, that makes sense now while you are doing what you're doing. Is- oh, yeah a level of empowering other people to change their mindset and self-development and that's the reason why I ask because that story alone tells me why you are at the stage of speaking to thousands of people encouraging people setting up businesses and changing their mindset now that you've got there when you look back what, how does it make you feel when you look back to how you were, to where you are now? And what thing do you think you would have changed if you could, if you could turn the clock back? Hmm.
2: I, I'm a very big uh, believer that I would not change a thing because I'm very happy where I am and I don't know if I would change something if I would not be in a worse position. Even right. though you feel like you're improving by giving you the lesson you wanted to have learned 10 years earlier, Yeah, but maybe you would have ended up missing the necessary steps that would take you where you are right now.
1: Right, right.
2: And so I would, first of all, I would not change a thing. I'm very grateful for every single step. Now, if I look back, I think the very first thing that comes to my mind is I wanna have compassion. Because, my, you know, as a coach, I have a tendency of wanting more for my clients than they want for themselves. You know, mm-hmm. I see more potential for them than they see. For, I, they might see it, but allow to believe in. But it's also important for me to have compassion for their resistance, their fears, their, like, limiting beliefs, because I had them. And sometimes, some of them, and I know I can see myself with a mentor, wanting to help me. And I'm like resisting this because I'm I'm not ready. I'm Mm -hmm. not ready to get there. So I want to have compassion for, you know, having this feminine, it's okay. You know, I know you can do better, but it's okay if you don't. It's okay Mm -hmm. if you don't move. So That's what I wanted. Right, right.
1: Right. It's interesting interesting you've come this far because it's many hurdles you've jumped over. And now I can say you are now a coach, you've had a TED speaker four times, and I believe you're very obsessed with going into the transformation of people's lives. So tell me on your, on your journey on the TED speaker, how was that experience and what, um, what, what was the real reason to going down that road? Ah, that's a
2: fascinating story because I've done four, and there's only one I'm proud of,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and I'm and that's a very. Um, I mean, I'm happy with all the other three. I'm happy I've done it, but there's something about it I was not proud of. Is that I did them for wrong reasons,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and the first one was really obvious. You know, I was. I just went to a co-working space, I was doing a workshop there, I think, I don't remember, but I was present there. And I saw you know, the red letters and I just felt like, oh, why is it here? I didn't even know they had one in my town. So mm-hmm. I started talking and they say, well, they have a meeting here. I say, oh, cool, I'm very curious. And I just went, but the reason I did that was, I love the challenge for myself to mm-hmm. present what I had like mm-hmm. years of experience in speaking about this topic of languages that I love and condense it into that format and still deliver massive value.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So it was like a, an artistic challenge. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I really wanted to, to, co- to, to challenge myself to give value in that 18-minute format and the other ones were because I had done this first one in, in French even though it's about languages it was in French.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: and I was becoming a public speaking coach at the time um, some people said well it's good you have a TEDx card you gotta use it you gotta use it massively now your TEDx is in, TEDx is in French you might want to do one in English, you know, to show because I was in Australia then. So I just started telling, reaching out to all the uh, TEDx uh, around, like all TEDx in Australia. I really made an Excel spreadsheet and all this to say, I want to be on your stage. I want to be on your stage. The problem is, which even though I think that's a good strategy and you can do that, reaching out, I did it for the wrong reason. I just wanted to have a TEDx done in English. I didn't even have a topic. I was like, I want to talk about that. Mm -hmm. because I sent like four proposals that were very different. was like one about public speaking, one about improv theater that I was doing, or music. I was doing, I I don't remember, but I sent like four or five different topics that were not related to each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the first thing I say to people that want to to go on a TEDx stage, why are you doing this? Because if you do this, do you have that on your CV? that's the wrong reason you have you will have done it you will be proud for five minutes you can show it around but that's like I, it's I, I feel it's a bit sad it feels like no I, I think you're more than that you're more than a tedx talk even if you do one good now what's your next talk what's your next stage you're like yeah that's a validation of some sort but maybe not even because there are so so many tedx talks everyone can do a tedx talk now mm. there so it should not be about recognition. It shouldn't be about having the logo. It should be, and it shouldn't be because, and, and that's the thing, I want to go back and I really respect and honor the, the mission of TED.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's ideas worth spreading. And this thing is with ideas, some people have the misconception that it has to be, oh, I just had an idea. Let's talk about, I want to talk about a TED, they say. No, it should be something that you own and you embody. I think that's the main thing. Um, and, and when I work with my clients, I just say, well, let's get you on a TEDx stage when you really own your talk and let's get you on a good TEDx, you know, because there are like some that have better production, because it's independently organized, so that you, now your talk, because you own it, because you embody it, because you nail it every time you talk about this topic, and now you have a good platform because it's a good TEDx mm-hmm. like that has good cameras and filming and sound, good uh, audience. So they will spread out. You will, your text will have an impact. Otherwise, it's just another talk. Right, right. right. And, and you want to have this talk already mature. Not maybe in the TEDx format, but you've talked about that for two, three, four, five years, maybe. Before you consider, that's how I approach it. Mm, right. You gotta own that talk.
1: Right. Right.
2: The message, um, not the exact talk, but the message. You gotta own it.
1: Right. Uh, and that's why I, I, I'm having you on this uh, show with Sebastian because you have something to show others that can make a difference in their life in terms of transformation in their mindset. So you're a coach, and um, just. To, to, emphasize that when you say mindset on transformation what is mindset what is it that people need to do in order to get a mindset change their mindset i think
2: the very first thing is to assess your current situation like there's the very big, the biggest problem is people are not honest Fully honest with where they are standing right now. Mm. So you want to acknowledge where you're standing, what's working and what's not, and not say it's okay. Like, and that's what I teach people. I, ha- I have this uh, process where I call this on off. It's very simple, but it's uh, instead of rating things from one to ten or from eh, to ooh, <laughs> you know, like which is very fluid. I want it to be very binary. So you want to have this approach where you say, it's either I'm fully on, I'm loving this, this is what I want to do, or yeah. it's not. And if it's not, we got to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And it's as soon as you make it very um, binary, you can start taking action. Mm-hmm. So the next step, I call it envision. You want to say, okay, now that I, more aware of the fact that I have a capacity, I can do more, and I know what I want to do. I can start envisioning and being bold, daring in my mm-hmm. vision. I mm-hmm. want to be like no, not what's possible, not what's reasonable, but what's like oh exciting. Then we'll mm-hmm. figure it out if a way to make it happen or to compromise. But let's start by envisioning the biggest, boldest vision possible. Mm-hmm then you want to embody now you have envisioned it you want to embody that mm-hmm. because it's so easy to say words it's so easy to take actions but if you're not fully embodying what you're talking about if there's a sim the minimal amount of uh, doubt or incongruency like your your shoulder one of your shoulders is disengaged we feel it Mm -hmm. if you tell me you're like you're trying to enroll me to go west but your your back foot is a bit pointing um south i'm like "Mm, i'm not sure this guy is serious about going west
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. i want your full being to be pointing towards the direction you're telling me you want to go mm-hmm. so and from that you can start to enroll now yeah that you embody that you have this you know you enroll you you speak about your vision you speak about your message you and therefore you will enroll because you now yeah, you have this big vision you I see that you are the vision I'm like I'm following you mm-hmm mm-hmm and then you can enact. So you take action based on all these uh, four steps. You say, okay, what are the actions that are necessary? So this is how I approach mindset. It's like several steps. But I would say the core cool one at the center of it is the embodiment. Because mm-hmm. if you cannot embody, the, the pillar, the, the, it's a pivotal one. Because first you have to believe And see what you want to create. You want to see what you can create and believe that you can. And then you want to embody that you're already that, that you're already the leader. And then, you know, take the actions of enrolling, convincing, transforming, speaking, Mm -hmm. or taking the actions yourself to get the people on board.
1: Right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have Sebastian with his arm. He's a transformational coach is here to help you to become a successful individual and an entrepreneur. And he's just been giving us a tip and idea of how to change your mindset. You have a vision and then you have a goal. So we're going to continue with our wonderful guest, Sebastian. Now, Sebastian, I I want to say congratulations on what you've achieved so far. Um, It's been a battle, but it's been worth the journey. And you are now a coach transforming the lives of other people. So tell us a little bit about your, your business and your coaching business. What's the main backbone of this coaching business? What is it, what's your main aim? Ah, uh, this, uh, I, want, I want you, I want
2: everybody to be at the best possible, the most optimal life they can have. And, and by that, I mean, there's like, I wanna make sure that people understand, for me, it's both yin and yang simplified as uh, feminine and masculine. It's not only about, oh, let's do this! Because that also is uh, leading to a lot of burnout or depletion, be feeling like you got there, but you're like on your knees, you have no more arms, you know, <laughs> like you, you're exhausting yourself. So that's not the best possible outcome, you yeah. know? Or you have to crush other people. And all these things I really don't believe in. And And the yin, which is the approach of appreciation and like you're happy and satisfied where you are. So you want to, but also leads to like immobility. So I approach it from these two angles. What's the best you can do? Appreciate the journey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's always this dance uh, between the, the, also you can say the father figure, that say, son, I know you can do better. And the mother say, but I love you as you are. Always, no matter what. So this is like how it feels to work with us. I will really push you. If I see that something possible for you, I will not let you not try. Mm -hmm. At the same time, if you're hard on yourself and you start feeling always, oh, but it's moving too slow, I'll be, hey, take it easy. It's just a a game, it's just a game. We just want to see what's possible. So that's how it works. Now, what I do is I work with top leaders that want to really stand out and feel like, uh, you know, get to a dead end. You know, I money is happening. I have a good position. I may be in a leadership position, but I don't feel like a leader because I'm just doing things that are meant to work. There's no risk taking. There's no edge. There's no... And, and they're usually holding back. They're not fully... They, you know, they they have this vision of how things could be done better within their organization or in the world, in their, their country, in their communities. They see something that could be done better, but they kind of say, eh, eh, who am I to do something? You are amazing, do it! If you see it, you're meant to do it because mm-hmm. other people didn't see it. Mm-hmm. So if you see it, do it. So I work with these leaders and I help them become the authority in their field. And we also have some, um, a group where we take people into that journey uh, collectively to establish really an, uh, a financial base for their business around their message, around their voice so that they can support other people. But there's, like, it's way more strategical there. It's the, the second part is really the mindset of stepping up but this part is very strategical. How do you charge? How do you package? How do you, how do you structure? How do you reach out? All these uh, pillars. This is ah, fascinating because they both have the same goal is how big can you be?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What's mm-hmm. the biggest thing you can create without killing yourself? But in, in, like in a very respectful manner, how, how much can you expand? If you were a tree, how tall can you be? How wide can you be? How flexible can you be? Just out of curiosity. It's almost just curiosity. If it's possible, let's do it because
1: it's possible. So let's explore this. Right. Well, it's interesting because i come across one of your videos, uh, How Big Can You Be? And I found it very interesting, um, very eye-opening. Um, so I want to ask you, what were the reason? for going into that video saying, how big can you be? And what's the meaning for the sake of our listeners? Say say that again, sorry. Okay, the video you did, which was how big can you be? Uh, I wanted you to explain to the listeners, what's the meaning behind that YouTube video or how big can you be?
2: I think we all feel that there's a parallel universe in which, where, I don't know, for every person is different, but we're speaking on bigger stages, we have more clients, or we have more pay, higher paying clients, or we are just um, a, a movie star, or we are an artist that is known, or a musician, we see ourselves on the, I, I talk to a lot of people that see themselves on stage in one way or the other, so it's a form of stage. But we see ourselves being recognized for something that we create way more than we are right now. I think the only problem in this is we believe this is in a parallel universe. It's a dreamland. When it's a, no, if you can see it, it means that there's some, you have the capacity, maybe not to go all the way to that, because there's some part of fantasy. Or maybe you can. The question is, are we going to try to find out or are we just going to dream about it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I really go back to this idea that if you can see it, that means a part of you sees how it would work. You don't know necessarily how to get there. And that's the problem. People confuse the idea of Oh, I see that this would be possible with, oh, but I don't know how I would get there. And for me, what's fundamental is to say, let's remove the idea of how do you go from A to B. If you can imagine that B is possible, like Elon Musk does, like seeing colonies on Mars. He say no, I see that as being possible. He doesn't need to figure out the how to get there because he sees that once we're there, it's possible. So if if these alternate reality can exist in your mind and you see that it doesn't require anything particular, um, I, I want to be very concrete. Like, I've done this exercise myself or where I see myself running a permanent school with 200 students every day, uh, having the top teachers in the world coming into that school of... Tr- Transformation, actually having a network of schools everywhere in the world. When I see this and I see like the money I make, how many people go there, the network I have there, and I feel like that would be easy to run that there. Now, what comes in immediately to my mind is, but I don't have network, I don't know how, I don't have the money to buy the school right now, I don't mm-hmm. have all, I see what's missing for me to get there, but I see that, well, if I were there, me, could run it. Right. If I was teleported there into that reality, I could run it. I would freak out a bit at first, the f- first couple mm-hmm. of weeks, because, like, oh, that's a lot of responsibility I'm not used to. Right. But I would be able to run it. So if you see yourself like as a movie star, you say, oh, I could do this. Well, obviously, I don't know everything. I could, maybe I need to train myself and take very good lessons. But you see yourself capable of doing this. It doesn't require you to grow wings in your back. That's what I'm telling. It's just, it takes you to learning a couple of skills, not growing wings in your back, things that you cannot, like that's like really fantasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it's just like something that you could learn because you know that someone else has learned, well, the only problem is you don't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. But let's figure that out another time. First of all, and that's what I talk about, the stepping and vision is like, first of all, what do you want to create? Like if you were free, if you didn't think, if you could teleport yourself into that parallel life, where would you want to go? And most people, and I've done these exercises so many times, when I ask them like, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. What they imagine is still too limited by what's possible. They're thinking, yeah. And I say, okay, how much are you enjoying your life then? Oh, yeah, it's good. I say, Good? You're free to imagine whatever the goddamn fuck you want. Imagine something extremely amazing, extremely exciting. You're free. Now we're just doing an exercise in your mind. Imagine something exciting. It has to be so exciting. It has to take your full body to be like, oh, I want to be there now. Because once you imagine, and I ask you to imagine the best life possible for yourself, you just imagine something a bit better than what you have, you don't have the drive to, to go through all the crap it takes to, and the hardships to do something a tiny bit better. Mm-hmm. You want something so compelling. You're not thinking anymore whether or not you want this. You're like, oh, nah, that's too good not to, to, to go for this. You have to fall in love with your vision. If it's not love, and when I'm saying love, I say de-reasonable, unreasonable, not with your mind, not something, I mean, love, Where like, I, I, I don't know. It's just like, you cannot explain why you want this so badly to people. If you can explain, that is probably not the right
1: vision. Mm, mm, right. Now, that's interesting because we're obviously in the pandemic. It's a different world. Everything changed. And I can imagine people sitting there now thinking, what do I do? How do I move forward? How am I going to get myself out of debt? How am I going to get my family together? How am I going to find some final together? And I think that's where your program is all about transformation, transforming Mm. our mindset to see a goal, but imagine you are there already, which I believe what what you are teaching. So um, what would your final word be? For people who are in the pandemic, what would, what would your final word be to encourage them of what they can achieve, even though we're in the pandemic? Very
2: good, very good question. Um, and, you know, I've been affected by the pandemic, may, luckily not as much as a lot of people, but it did trigger a lot of fears, survival fears. You know, like, first of all, it's a disease. So you're afraid for your health and then the health of your loved ones. And then you're like, oh, they, they, all, everything is shutting down. The economical crisis, some money, so far. It always goes back to the fear of death. Yeah. Once you, when you're afraid of dying, because there's a lion in your face, you're yeah. not thinking what's my vision and my dream. So you want to get your, to yourself to a place where there's no more lion, where there's not this direct threat. And there are two ways of doing this. One, if there's really a big lion, you, get, you know, you gotta f- physically get away from this. If you cannot pay the rent today, and, or like you're starving, you gotta find a way to put yourself in a safe space. Because in a place where you can start thinking, where you can start breathing again. Now, the truth is, in the society we live in, we always see lions where they are not. We fear the presence of lions, but there are no direct lions. Mm We are afraid that around the next corner, there's a lion, whether it's a bill that will come or like a new law that will prevent us from doing whatever we we want or a tax, whatever. We are afraid that the lion might come. But the, the lion is not there. So you already are in a position where there are an alliance. So mm. I think there, what's very important, and I don't, I don't say that as it's easy. I, it takes a commitment. And we had to do that for New Year's Eve. Yeah. And like after like several months of like still doing our business, but we realized that we're still a lot of survival modes. Like in mm. what we were selling, the way we were articulating it, we were... Still talking to survival part, even in our marketing, and we say, "Hold on, okay, the lion is not there now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like it's maybe not as abundant, maybe as it used to be, whatever. But you know, we're safe. So you gotta, you gotta tune in to the fact that I may still really in danger, and if you're not." Even if not mean you have a week before you're in danger again. Use that week. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people, and, and and I don't want to say like people with very poor finances. I'm talking with uh, even with people that have good money. They are fearing for their finances without knowing the truth of their finances. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A lot of people. Some people un- underestimate, you know, how bad their financial situation is. But most people overestimate the danger. They don't realize that actually you could live three months without income. Like, find a way. You could sell this. You could have, tap into this resource. You could borrow there. But if, three months is a lot. Mm-hmm. Because in three months, you can take risks. And one of the main things I teach um, is to help people raise their pricing. So if you can go three months without income, it is worth multiplying your fees to cover three months of uh, of income. Because if you make one sell in these three months, one, mm-hmm. you've covered these three months. It's a risk. You gotta have faith. Mm-hmm. But you've covered these three months. Now, if you make two sales in these three months, you've mm-hmm. covered the next three. Like, you have six months now. If you make three, you have, you know, charging more in a moment where you have no money is the biggest act of financial faith that I know. And then we had clients going for three, four months without a single sale, but they trusted us when we say, you know what? They went from, like, charging 1500 and not selling... Five months later, because we coached, she said, "No, we, you can't, don't take your prices down. Don't sell for less than this." And she made her sell for five thousand after four months of not selling anything. That yeah. is faith, because yeah. she could have said, "Well, I have not done any sale. I should go back to a price that I know sells." But what, would she be in the same position if she sold at fifteen hundred instead of five thousand? No. Now, with five thousand, she made like three months equivalent of sales. Actually, no, because now we're aiming for 10,000 a month for her, but now she can upgrade herself. So she can start to be in not surviving, but thriving mode. So long story short, I wanna say, get yourself out of survival as fast as possible, either because you get away from the threats that is real, or because you get your mind out of the threat that you're fearing but is not present right now. And that is the most vital one because most, in most cases, the threat is only in your mind. Right,
1: right. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it. For those of you who are going through the trial at the moment, wondering how you're going to get out of the situation, Sebastian, sharing with you and letting, the first thing you need to deal with is your mind and the fear. We need to get rid of fear. So Sebastian, wow, well, um, you've given so much insight in there in terms of how hopefully our listeners are able to understand the process of helping them to become successful, changing their mindset. So Sebastian, do you have any uh, website or social media that people can contact you?
2: Yes, uh, I have my podcast and YouTube uh, on podcast and YouTube channel Nuggets of Wisdom. You can uh, maybe find the link in the show notes. Uh, But Nuggets of Wisdom on Encore or Apple Podcasts, you can find it on our YouTube. I have my Facebook group called Superhero Tribe, where I share my insights and also invite the community to co-elevate together to support each other. And also you can find me on all the other platforms, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And uh, I'll be more than happy to connect.
1: Absolutely. And I'm sure our listeners will be able to get in touch with Sebastian. If you are looking for direction or transformation or changing your mindset, do get in touch with Sebastian. So, Sebastian, as we're closing now, just have one more question to ask you. Is, uh, what's your next step? What is your dream uh, for the next five, six years? Five, six years. Wow. <laughs> so we're talking
2: five, six years. I want to have a physical. Or maybe more. <laughs> I want to have a physical place, um, maybe in the next couple of years already, where I welcome people to do the trainings we do that we've been renting out places for. I want to have that in my home so I can have it on a more regular basis. And it's a deep transformation. It's called Next Chapter. Uh, And the idea is you come and you upgrade your identity to be ready for your next chapter. And then it's to have a physical place where this is happening like once a month. Um, and to always have clients in our place to mastermind with them and to go on adventures, because again, I truly believe in embodiment. So if you, we gotta be physically practicing these things so that we can actually show up as a leader.
1: A word to say we are. Well, absolutely. Well, Sebastian, thank you so much for having you. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And thank you for the information you've delivered as well. And like I said, for the benefit of our listeners, do get in touch with Sebastian. Because why? There are people out there who are willing to help you. The second thing is there are people out there who are willing to take you from zero to the great number that you've always wanted to be. And Sebastian is doing that. So ladies and gentlemen, we want to say thank you for being with us and we're looking forward to the next show. And Sebastian, thank you so much for being with us. Take care.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Trevor. That was an honour to be here and to share with the audience. All
1: right. Thank you very much.
0: No matter who you are or what your status is, you know that your success cannot depend on the opinions of others. Like the wind, opinions change. As the weather, opinions change frequently. To succeed in any endeavor, you must stay the course, no matter what the cost. Interview guests who share their story and life success overcoming the impossible. Trevor is a real-life talking expert with surefire tips to help you on your journey and how to come out of your comfort zone. If you have a life-changing story to share to the world, would like Trevor to be a guest on your show simply email us at info at livingyourgoodlife.co.uk remember yes you can